Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ray, and welcome to the RayWenderlich.com podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here are your hosts, Nick and Jake. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the RayWenderlich.com podcast. My name is Greg Heo. I'll be your guest host for this episode, where we're going to go a little bit meta and talk about podcasting. I'm sure you'll miss Mick's fancy British accent, and you'll have to deal with my Canadian accent. But I have two very special guests who are experts on the topic of podcasting, Jake Gunderson and Mick Pringle. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for having us, Greg. Yeah, great to be here. Now, our listeners have been hearing your voices for four podcast seasons. That's almost 40 episodes now. And before we get into the topic and talk about podcasting and the podcast, could you give us some insight into the humans behind the voices and tell us a bit about who you are and how you got into iOS development to start? And why don't we start with you, Jake? Okay. Um, I have kind of a little bit of a different background. I actually went to law school and got a JD MBA, which is a business law degree, joint degree. And I was working as a financial analyst at a hospital. When I graduated from, from graduate school, I got my first iPhone as kind of like a graduation present. Just fell in love with the thing. I, I knew I'd like it, but I didn't know that I would love it. I started looking into the SDK at that point. I wasn't really a programmer. I've, I'd kind of piddled around with like VBA scripting for Excel and things like that, but I wasn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have claimed to have been a programmer at the time. Started looking into the SDK at the time. This was like 2008. And the more I got into it, the more I enjoyed it. And so I started, you know, I was waking up early before my job. I'd wake up at like five in the morning so I could code for two hours before going into work. And eventually I got good enough that I could start getting paid to write code. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm trying to fight uh, my career with my passion. I should just I should just do this for a living. So that was kind of how I got into it. That's quite the jump from law, yeah. financial analyst, and over to yeah. iOS development. It's a little weird. And Mick, how about you? So my background is databases. For 13 years, I worked with Oracle and Microsoft Access and SQL Server, my SQL, all those sort of fun enterprise type databases doing uh, MIS, which I'm still, even after all that time, not positive on what it stood for, but we always kind of just assumed it was like management information systems. And it was all like crunching numbers and looking at um, KPIs and all these other wonderful management acronyms. Um, So I was doing that for, for, as I say, 13 years. And that was for a telecoms company. And it was for the same telecoms company that actually got exclusivity on the iPhone when it first came out which meant it was incredibly easy for me to get my hands on one. And like Jake, as soon as I got it, like I just wanted to start developing for it. It was only about 12 or 18 months prior to the iPhone being released that I got my first Mac. So I'd already been programming for about 18 months with Objective-C, so it didn't take too long to get into the iOS SDK when it was finally released, or the iPhone OS SDK, the original version. And then it just spitballed from there, really. I got my first app on the store in 2011, left that that full-time DB job, I think towards the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, went into my first full-time iOS developer gig, and then joined Raiseware full-time in November last year, and I've been there ever since. Now, Mick, I know you started out as a technical editor for the site back in 2012, same day I joined, I think. 
and you were a tech editor. You looked after some of the books. You even did some writing. You've done video tutorials and many, many other things. And how did the idea for the podcast come about? <laughs> so, so this is anybody that's worked with Ray will probably know how this type of thing tends to pan out. Ray's all about encouraging people to sort of take ownership and run with their own ideas. I didn't quite know that at the time. Um, I just sent Ray an email. I was listening to a lot of tech podcasts at the time and was a big fan of the site. And as you say, was was doing some tech editing for the site at the time. And I just sent Ray an email saying, you know, I think I think one thing that's missing from the site is a podcast. Most people that start a podcast work really hard to build an audience. Um, and here you are with this, you know, already created audience that aren't being serviced by a a great podcast in the same way that all the other content on the site is great and Ray agreed but then sort of threw the ball back in my cart and said so I want you to go away and put one together find some hosts tell me what equipment you need put together a schedule and start recording and we'll take it from there which as I say wasn't quite what I was expecting (laughs) but you know I was willing to to give it a shot. So I imagine that's where Jake comes into the picture. How did Jake come to the project? Once we had sort of ironed out what Ray would be looking for in a podcast and we'd sort of um, gone back and forth a few times on like ideas about the format, the frequencies, what sort of content we would want to put out. Um, Ray said to, I think Ray put out an email to the whole raywendelic.com team asking for anybody that would be interested to get in touch. And we had quite a lot of people respond saying, yep, really want to get on board and play some part in this podcast. Um, So I then took all those names, organized a series of Google Hangouts and just sat and chatted for 30 minutes to an hour with each person and then sort of reported back to Ray, um, who I clicked with the most and felt comfortable talking to the most because obviously mm. it's important when you've got more than one person on a podcast that there's a good rapport and relationship between everyone so it, mm-hmm. it feels natural um, and Jake was top of that list along with Felipe and, and Tammy who were obviously the original hosts in the first season. So Jake when you saw that email from Ray asking for people to join the podcast what was your response and what was your interest had you been on podcasts before you were a podcast fan what why did you feel that you wanted to join the project Yeah so I'm a huge podcast listener I I listen to um like sometimes a couple hours of podcasts a day um I listen I use the like double speed now nowadays cuz I have so many that I can't get through all of them so I listen to everything super fast I had thought several times to myself, oh, it would be so great if Ray did a podcast and I could be on it because the, Ray's already got this huge audience of people that presumably were like me in the sense that they liked podcasts. And I was kind of thinking I should start my own podcast. I'd been on some like buddies podcasts that were just like, you know, small kind of things. But it was something that I'd kind of wanted to do, but hadn't really just like committed to undertaken and so when it, when the opportunity with the ray pod the ray wenderlich podcast came along it was perfect because it was kind of like it wasn't i didn't have to do everything myself there was a group of people involved there was a an audience already so it, i mean i was super excited i was like i didn't think i would get it because i don't always i just didn't presume that of everyone on the ray wenderlich team i would be the you know smoothest podcast voice and the best you know most articulate 
but I really hoped. And so I was thrilled when I was chosen uh, in that original group of four. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you guys are both, or maybe not surprising that you guys are both podcast fans and podcast listeners. And speaking of listeners, I know that our the audience that you guys have is a lot of technical people, obviously, for iOS development and Mac development. But I remember back in episode one where you guys were asking questions about how your audio sounded and somebody replied with that really detailed blog post about exactly what you should do about the levels yeah. and whatnot. And so I imagine that we have a lot of uh, technical nerdy gearheads like us who are listening. So I'm just curious if you could talk about what kind of gear that you guys use in terms of hardware, microphones, software for editing, and um, things like that. Mick, what's your setup like over there? As you said, beginning of this season, we've actually invested or rather, Ray has invested quite heavily uh, to get some new gear, so we, we sound a lot better and um, are a lot more professional than what, what we were. Uh, we're both, I think, using the same mic, which is the Blue Yeti, and that's in a shock mount with a pop filter and on a big boom. Uh, we, I mean, before that, we I think last season I was I was actually using a gaming headset because it actually was the best sound that we could get through like the USB standard uh, mics. Mm-hmm. And... Also, this season, I've sort of decorated half my office with this um, corrugated foam uh, to to try and stop the echoing because I think that's a, we got a lot of feedback. I've heard a rumor uh, that you make a little tent over your head with those acoustic panels. Is that true? You make a little cave for yourself? No, no, that was the next step. If if the corrugated foam didn't work, then yeah, it was going to be one of those little sort of foil um, cocoons that you sort of have to wrap yourself in to, to get rid of the the echo but in terms of hardware i mean that's that's pretty much it one of the great things about the the blue yeti that i've not had on any of the other mics we've used is you can actually plug your earphones into it and hear yourself mm-hmm. as you're talking there's no there's no delay which sounds a bit weird and it was a bit weird the first time we used it it's a lot more natural because obviously when you're having a conversation that you're not recording just with a, another person in the room or whatever then you can naturally hear yourself talk but when you've got earphones in and you're talking into a mic where you can't hear what you're saying, um, it, it does make a big difference because you can actually gauge how loud you're being, if you need to be louder, if you need to be quieter, all mm. that kind of stuff. So hopefully that comes across in the show. Mm-hmm. And Jake, you have the same batch of hardware that Mick does? Yep, yep. We bought it at the same time and kind of just settle on the exact same stuff. So I, I'm in a slightly larger room, so I don't have the... Uh, the sound canceling uh, wall stuff that Mick needs, but um, yeah, you have more stuff in the room. Exactly is that it? Mick is a yeah, a no, Spartan. like piles of furniture, piles of laundry and stuff like that. It, they <laughs> they kind of absorb any kind of echoes. So yeah, so I'm just in a room full of laundry. I'm not really, but I'm just in a larger room. Now, Jake, you also do the editing for the show. Is that right? Yeah, I do. And what do you use to do the editing? And where does your audio editing experience come from? Have you done that before on other projects? So I had played around with, uh, what is it called? Audacity, the free audio editing, like open source suite. It just on random things for like making, you know, making sound effects for games and different things. I'd used audio editing software for that. And it was always Audacity, but I, I pay for the, um, the Photoshop, the Adobe suite. So all the Adobe's products like Premiere and everything, they have one called the Audition. ultimate collection Adobe. or something. Do you have that? Yeah. Yeah, I have okay. that one. So okay. anytime they anytime Adobe releases anything that's in the creative suite, I have access to it. I, I had access to Audition, so that is what I have always used uh, since we've been doing the podcast. And in terms of editing the podcast, I've just kind of learned by doing it. As you mentioned, uh, our listener 
I wrote that huge blog, uh, blog post and he was, he's like an expert on kind of audio quality and listening to the spectrum, the graphic equalizer kind of thing and kind of hearing like, oh, that needs to be brought up here or down here. I don't have that strong of an ear, so I just kind of take the advice I've been given. And originally we used Skype uh, to record, so we would just record the output of Skype. And out, uh, Skype does a lot to level volume levels and to like do noise cancellation. And so a lot of people do that. A lot of podcasters do that. They just record the output from Skype. And that actually produces a decent sound quality. It's mixed well and stuff, but but it's kind of low quality in the sense that it's highly compressed and and so it's not a nice, deep, rich sound, but but it is a, it is a very equalized, somebody's not way too loud or way too quiet. So we did that forever, and then this latest season, so for the last, I don't know what it is, four months, we've been actually recording our individual tracks from our better mics, so we have a higher quality, but then I have to do more mixing and trying to bring levels into alignment. A lot of times, guests, I've learned all about this stuff, and it's all just been from doing the podcast. Like A lot of times, guests will use their iPhone white earbuds, and one interesting thing about that is it actually picks up the, the mic actually picks up the the audio coming in. So when me and Mick talk uh, on a guest track, if the guest has used those white earphones to record, I we can hear our side of the audio really quiet on their track. So I have to go in and get rid of that. And anyway, so it's it's been interesting. Uh, audition is actually not the best. Uh, it has some issues. It crashes on me a lot. So if somebody asks me, would would you recommend Audition or Logic? I've never used Logic, but I would actually recommend logic because i i've heard a lot of people use it and i've had kind of a bad experience with audition lately she heard it worked the same fine thing. when it was a, people say logic yeah. is very crashy and they wouldn't recommend it, it to other people so yeah maybe it's just the grass so, is a, it's a grass is always greener kind of a situation who knows yeah and so like like for me for example when we did one track it was fine and it worked great but then when we went to three or four tracks because i used the skype track and i use that to line everything up because one thing people may not know is that when different people record in different compressions, like if one person records like an M4A and another person records an MP3, over the course of an hour, there's a, there's minor, a minor amount of drift in time. And so I use the, the master Skype recording to line everybody up. And sometimes I have to go like do it a couple of times through the course of a 40-minute recording so that everything lines up. It, you know, it's a, it's a fraction of a second, but sometimes that's enough that you can tell something's wrong. Uh, audio is actually really like timing and audio is actually really sensitive. It's, it's, it's interesting. But every time I go in to add, we have our little outro thing where Ray says, and that's a wrap. Every time I add that, which is the very last thing I do, it crashes every single time it crashes. <laughs> Just that the sound it's of giving you a hint, Jake. We, we need a new outro. Well, yeah, I have a workflow now and I pay for audition already. So I don't know that I'm going to go pay like the, the 300 bucks for logic and kind of relearn my kind of workflow. But if you're starting off, don't use Audition. <laughs> it was, I just um, went back to look at that uh, blog post. It was on 10 Kettles from uh, Alexander yeah. and Alicia Newfeld, based in East End, Toronto. So there's a Toronto shout out. I'm also here in Toronto. So that just well, and he has some of, the stuff from the, some of the stuff from that blog post is from an app that he has made to help people learn how to hear like, what needs to be done to an audio track to like, balance it out. So hmm. okay. it's good. that was really helpful of him. We appreciated that. I'll be sure to put it in the show notes again for this episode. And Jake, just quickly, how long would you say it takes you to edit an episode? If it's 40 minutes, let's say you, got, you did the perfect record. Let's say the recording was 45 minutes. You had to edit it down to 40. Right. How long in real time would that take you? It, it usually takes me about two hours. It's, it's a little bit better if it depends. So I go in and I will cut ums and uhs from people as they speak. And I don't cut them all, but you'd be surprised at how much more, how much more confident you sound when you 
just go through an existing audio and just cut all the times you say um out. You sound like you really know what you're talking about. Uh, and so I do that for, for, for me and Mick and for our guests. And it depends on the guests. Some guests do that more than others. And so uh, I cut all, not like I say not all of them, but I cut some of those out. And then sometimes we'll, you know, make a mistake and I'll cut that out. And then mm-hmm. I try and like vo- level the volumes and, and do some of that um, like audio quality stuff as well. So about two hours is typical. I should warn you, I am using white Apple earbuds to listen right now. So you may hear some strange sounds on <laughs> it, my well, track. As long as that's not what you're recording, like that's not your mic, we'll be fine. I think this is probably a good time to take a break and tell everyone about the Creative App Bundle from our friends over at Envato Bundles, who are kindly sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Now, the bundle features six beautiful Mac apps, including Macaw, Arc Backup, Ember, Rapid Weaver, Color Snapper, and Amberlight to help inspire your designs and streamline your workflow. It also includes two unlockable games and a stack of super discounts worth $1,000, all for just $39. But if you want to catch this great offer, you have to hurry because the offer ends tomorrow. That's the 20th of August. So once again, our thanks to Envado Bundles for sponsoring this episode of the RayWenderlich.com podcast. In last week's episode, you guys spoke with Janie Clayton about building your profile and reputation sort of on your in the online world. And I wanted to ask, how do you think being on the podcast yourself has changed your life and work? Uh, why don't we start with you, Mick? I think it's definitely had an effect on my work because since I started the podcast, I have moved to work for the chap that I do the podcast for full time. <laughs> so obviously that's directly affected my work life. Um, in terms of my profile, I mean, the only thing that I gauge my profile on at, at the moment, as shallow as this may be, is the number of followers that I have on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, and that has, you know, been rising considerably since I started doing more things sort of within the community, if you like, because um, you mentioned that last episode with Janie. So the first big spike, uh, if you like, was after I, I spoke at iOS Dev UK um, a couple of years ago, then the podcast, and then again I saw another spike after speaking at RW DevCon, and then little spikes in between whenever a video series comes out on the site. I think all those things attribute to, you know, raising your profile as a developer, and the podcast has definitely played its part in that. We'll have to add a link to your Twitter in the show notes. Everyone should go and follow Mick, and he reads every tweet and every at mention. Well, it's either Uh, that or the the follower number is now just going to plummet miserably back to where it was before I started doing all this, because everybody just realized how shallow I was. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if Jake is nice, he'll cut that out. And Jake, how about you? Uh, you mentioned that you've been on some other podcasts with some of your friends before, but being a main host on this podcast, and since you take on freelance work, how has that helped maybe with getting more work and then just about, again, with your life and your profile in general online? Similarly to Mick, one thing that I definitely noticed is the rate that people follow me on Twitter um, went up when I joined the podcast. We all write for Ray as well, and so we've got bylines on the site, and we've got we kind of there's a community of us that kind of interact we know each other and we kind of, if somebody has, you know, opportunities they don't have the time to take, we kind of share those and stuff. And so, I mean, just being part of the the Ray Wenderlich community is definitely, I've gotten freelance gigs through that. And so it's hard to isolate it just to the podcast per se, because it's kind of, a, it's all bundled up in being part of the Ray Wenderlich team. But I will say that um, it, when I became part of the podcast, the people on the team uh, acted like they knew me more than they did before. Does that make sense? Because they, yeah. they hear me talk to Mick. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's a familiarity and a level of comfort that people have. And I'm especially like with a group of like programmers, because I kind of jumped into the programming thing from like a different life track, I've always felt a little bit intimidated by people that have been programming since they were 16. When I get around people, like RW DevCon is a prime example. When I get around people that I feel, I just figure this person's probably amazing. Like I got to tread lightly here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And after I started doing the podcast, people, it it broke that ice a little bit because people felt like they were familiar with me and my personality. And so that they were more open with me than if I had, if I didn't have that, I would be a little bit nervous to approach people, uh, especially in this, like in this professional sphere. And so Definitely like just other people on the team and people at RWW DevCon when I was like, oh, yeah, I'm Jake. They were like, oh. And then we had a conversation like comfortably. <laughs> so that was actually awesome. Like I thought that was great. And and I also just like I like to talk. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I find it personally very satisfying to just, you know, chat about tech. So it kind of gets it scratches that itch for sure. I think that's one of the nice things about doing a podcast is that especially as a as a host, I'm sure Jake will agree is that because we get to pick and choose our guests, we can get, you know, people on that we respect or might be a personal hero or whatever within, you know, the development community. And whilst we record the show for around 40 minutes, generally the conversation with those people lasts much, much longer. Um, I know we had, like, when we had Brad Larson on, we spoke to Brad for quite some time and he's a personal hero of Jake. And, you know, we've had some other guys on that, um, like Jeremy Olsen was great. There was so much good stuff when we spoke to Jeremy Olsen in the after show chat that we could have probably made a second episode out of it. Um, so it is really good to, to sit and ch- chat with these people in a really comfortable setting. Whereas like Jake mm. was saying then, if you just, if you'd never spoke to that person before and you weren't doing the podcast and you met them at a conference, it, you might feel awkward or, or uncomfortable to talk to them. Now, Jake, you mentioned the raywenderlich.com site and RW DevCon and there are also other things out there like meetups and um, there's just so much in the iOS kind of developer community and where do you see podcasts fitting into that uh, as the as a piece inside that puzzle? Podcasts kind of fit in this weird space where some of them are more kind of presentational like a radio show and some are more kind of conversational like just like a group of people chatting about something and I tend to like the ones that are more kind of chill and conversational. Somebody like Marco Arment, for example, who's had success in the App Store and continues to have success in the App Store, even though, you know, the, li- the indie life is, is dead, according to so many people. I want to know what he thinks. Like, I, I want to know what, what kind of person he is that has led to his success. And so something like a podcast gives me kind of a window into his personality, kind of his worldview, the sensibilities that he has in a way that other mediums you know, don't. Reading a blog post by somebody is more like an essay usually. And that tells you kind of, they're making an argument and they present a case about whatever thing that the topic of the, of the blog post is. But that's not the same as just like having a conversation with that person. And for me, podcasts, the reason I listen to so many podcasts is because I just, I like to get that sensibility of like, what is this person like? Like if I was friends with this person, what would that feel like? And what would I learn about life through that relationship and podcasts give you a taste of that. And so that's kind of my take on, on podcasts is that, is that sometimes, I mean, on our show, we do try and have a topic. We try very hard to make sure that people are learning new things by listening to the podcast. Um, and I think that's important too. There are podcasts that you just can't stand to listen to because they don't ever say anything interesting. It's just people just 
you know, John. But I think, I think listening to someone talk gives you kind of a certain sensibility and a window into who they are that, the other me- that you don't get from any other medium. And again, speaking about the website and the conference and the videos and everything else and the books and all of that, Mick, how does the podcast fit into the overall RayWenderlich.com media empire? Uh, I think it is a, an important part of that now. I think sort of within the first season, we were unsure, we were exploring things, um, but once that first season had passed and we we realised that we you know there was an audience, because obviously we know the, the number of unique downloads and things we get for each episode, and that there were willing people willing to, to listen to what we had to say, then you know it became an important part, and, and that's why each season... You know, we spend a lot of time in the off-season, if you like, refining, looking at what can be changed, you know, basing it on feedback that we've received from from the audience throughout the season on what Mm. they like, what they don't like. Because, you know, we want it to be a a really strong part of of everything that you mentioned there. Um, So we want it to be, just like with the books and with the, the tutorials and the videos, that the best it can be. And that's why, you know, we're always willing to like invest in new equipment, you know, change the format, try new things because we want to keep it right up there with with everything else that's important to to the Mm -hmm. whole um, com experience. Now, where did the idea for having seasons on the podcast come from? Dan Benjamin, who does the five by five stuff. I -hmm. think he I'm not sure whether he does seasons or whether he just mentioned it in passing on one of the podcasts that I listen to that he does. And it just seemed like a good idea because I'm not sure if people realize who have never done a podcast, how much work actually goes into to each episode. So in the first season when we were doing it once a month, it wasn't too bad because, you know, you had the whole month to plan for that single episode. But then when we shifted to the weekly episodes, you know, like it was just constant. It was kind of the trade-off. Okay, we'll do weekly episodes but we're going to need you know three or four weeks off at the end of each season to recharge your batteries plan for the next season you know just take a little bit of time to to reassess things to look back to -hmm. look at what worked what wasn't working you know implement any changes you wanted to do but more so you know was just to for Jake and I to have a break before we went into into the next season we've moved again to sort of every other week now which is a nice balance but I still think warrants you know having a short break at the end and then with shifting the format you guys are obviously listening to feedback and making decisions on what you think you want it to be so with all the format shifts uh, Jake what is sort of your goal for the podcast with all the changes that you've made and that you've done what is it that you want listeners to get out of this podcast going back to kind of what I was talking about before I I would hope that we would each week bring someone interesting to the podcast, some new voice, some person that they could get to know better. And I would hope that they could get to know them, get to know kind of their expertise and the, the, the domain, but also get to know the, the person's personality. And again, kind of what makes them tick like that for me is interesting because I feel like, you know, being, being successful in this kind of a career yeah, I mean, and I'm thinking specifically for me, I'm, I'm, I would like to be like an indie developer, like a, you know, like a Gus Mueller or Marco Arment or a Daniel Jauka, somebody like that. And I think the the combination of skills and personality that make up success in that in this space is is kind of unique. And so for me, I would like that we would be able to kind of showcase each guest that we have, what makes them interesting and different, and 
kind of the parts of their personality that drive them to the success that they've seen. And I mean, I think everyone we've had on has, has distinct, uh, you know, has distinguished themselves as successful in some way or another within our community. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mick? What do you want people to get out of the podcast as they listen? And as you keep in mind, all of the prep and everything else that you do? Uh, I mean, I think it's just to, to try and help them learn something new, uh, you know, just in the same way that we do with the site, like the whole that everything that we do on raywendelit.com is geared about uh, geared around education. Um, you know, we put out all these tutorials, we put out books, we put out videos, we put out a podcast, and it's all about helping people grow um, as a developer and, and learn new things. In the same way that with with the tutorials, really, one thing that we can do with the podcast is we can explore sort of niche areas of iOS development that perhaps people who are listening wouldn't normally find their way into because maybe the day job doesn't allow it you know the maybe enterprise or you know that again you know we might often talk about bleeding edge stuff ios 9 beaters or you know what brand new stuff in watch kit but mm-hmm. because they have to in their day job support older versions of ios they're not able to to adopt the newer technologies and therefore haven't spent time looking into them and it's about mm-hmm. trying to you know educate people around around that kind of stuff and help them grow i think that's that's the goal anyway, I think. Okay. And you, both of you have mentioned that you listen to other podcasts. I'm just curious if you could maybe give a little shout out and what are some of your favorite podcasts other, th- other than this one, of course, that you listen to regularly? So I listen to, I'm a big fan of Amplified with Jim Darimpel. Uh, again, and Dan Benjamin. I do like the whole setup that Dan has at 5 by 5 um, and obviously, being a podcast host, I listen to the podcast method, which is a, one that he started. It's only recent, but it's done sharing everything and anything that he's learned while he's been doing five by five, and, and also prior to that when he was just doing single podcasts, and then obviously set up the five by five network, and then brought in all the other shows. I'm also a big fan of NS Brief, who's now hosted by Janie, who I had on last episode and then a bunch of the stuff over at relay fm as well uh, i could go on there's plenty of podcasts but i'll give jake a chance um i i'd like to say i listen to a lot so i won't mention them all but the two right now that i most look forward to uh the first one's atp just love john syracuse how organized his mind is like he's just a genius so i love listening to him the other one is the nerdist by chris hardwick it's not tech related but he get he has like a celebrity on like he'll have uh, a singer or like an actor or a director or somebody and he'll just talk to him and he's able to get them to talk to him like it's very not you know the Jimmy Fallon show where it's presenting an image that that they want to present it feels very real and maybe it's an illusion but for, but it's really enjoyable either way like you get a sense for who kind of the person behind the image um, and he does a great job of getting people to be casual with him and open up. So um, those are the two that I like most look forward to lately. And that'll change. Like every year I get sick of like an old format and I'll find something new that's my favorite. But those are my two right now. Okay, cool. Or fantastic, I should say, as Mick would say. <laughs> <laughs> now, just to wrap up, if someone is now listening to this and is inspired to start their own podcast, or maybe they're just going to be a guest on a podcast or something like that, uh, what kind of tips would you give them in terms of how to start? And if they're being a guest, sort of what kind of preparation tips or, I don't know, secret microphone technique, little tips do you have for someone just starting out in the world? I think as a guest, we like to give our our guests as much time to prepare as possible. We prepare 
a list of questions that we may ask them. We don't give them the exact questions in the order that we're going to ask them because we try and help or we try and make the conversation uh, the conversation flow naturally and, and follow whatever direction that takes when we're talking to them. But we do give them a general idea of what it is we're going to be discussing to help them prepare. But as a guest, one thing that we, we found sort of problematic, if you like, is the guest that over-prepares and will either script their answers, which is really obvious when they do it, so, you know, don't do that. Uh, or also, if you do, if if the host of the podcast that you're going to be a guest on does provide an idea of questions, don't answer more than one question in a, in a single answer. We've had that a couple of times where we've asked one question and the guest has answered that question along with three other questions we were planning on asking. And therefore, it means that we run out of questions very quickly and have to ad-lib and that can sometimes come across as a little bit awkward. Um, so prepare, but don't over-prepare if you're going to be a guest. I think I'll let Jake answer the, the other side of the question. I guess my first part of the feedback would be kind of generic in that I would say if you're thinking about doing a podcast, make sure that you choose... Um, it, well, it depends on what you want out of it. But if your if your objective is to build a podcast that has like a decent audience, you need to be willing to commit to some level of consistency, and you need to like put out like a, a, a consistent level of quality, and it needs to be on a set schedule. I think I think people that have like intermittent podcasts when they show up every once in a while, I think you lose a lot of people um, if you're not willing to commit to some kind of schedule. Mm-hmm. If you're going to commit to a schedule, you need to be pretty passionate about the thing that you're talking about. And having guests is a really nice way to keep the variety. In terms of like technical advice, we started with, it was like $50 microphones, I think a bunch of us bought um, that first season. And then they weren't great. And the, the like say, we recorded this output from Skype and that wasn't great. But if you're just starting out, I think that's fine. I think the content is more important than the audio quality when you're just getting going. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. We, I, I know there are people that disagree with that because we get feedback from people about audio quality a lot. And so there are people <laughs> that find low audio quality super distracting. Um, and they are not going to necessarily be thrilled with you. Um, but in my opinion, I think the content is more important. Before you're going to invest a bunch of money... I would think you'd want to be kind of have a format set up, have kind of like your topic area set up. Know that that's something that you're going to do consistently, which is going to take a little bit of time and experimentation. And and that's the other thing is we learned a lot. So Mick and I met the first time uh, in real life at RW DevCon, and the qual- we both felt that the quality of our interaction went up significantly after we met in person. We were more comfortable with each other. We had a sense of liking each other that before it was just like this kind of person on the other end that like, I respected, but I didn't really feel like I knew who he was. We, we built a rapport in person that took meeting in person, but it also just took some time. And so I think as you go, your, your podcast will shift a little bit. But then if you do want the technical advice, I guess my first t- piece of technical advice is find a good audio editing suite. What you need is you need to be able to level people's audio so that, so that the different, somebody's not too loud and somebody else too quiet. You need to learn a little bit about the, like they say, the audio spectrum, that stuff that the 10 kettles post was all about. And I'm still learning that. I don't claim to be good at that yet, but I am aware of it and I try and work on it. And you need good equipment. So the the mic you use, the audio input going in is by far the most important piece of the chain. If you have bad audio going in, no amount of filtering and messing with this is going to fix it. You can do a lot more by getting a good mic than you can by buying logic and learning how to use all the filters. Different people edit differently in terms of what they, how much they edit. Some people 
edit a lot and me doing two hours for a 40 minute episode i wouldn't call that a lot that's probably average or a little below average in terms of just the production level like if you're kind of determining how you're going to do it it's much easier to try and have things come out clean and then not not edit as much than it is to feel like you're going to go back and edit everything out like it you have to listen to stuff over and over and over again and make a cut and then listen and then make another cut and then add some stuff back in and listen again to get it right to get it sounding right the more places you mess up and more things you need to cut out or change the you know it goes up exponentially in terms of the time it takes to edit sounds like consistency consistency is a good key in terms of schedule yeah. and having a good topic and i don't know in terms of format even maybe but uh no that sounds good uh, I think that's a good note to wrap things up on. So I want to thank you too for letting me come on the show and uh, sit in the hosting chair, so to speak, and also for sharing your thoughts on the podcast and podcasting. I had a great time. No, it's been it's been great. Really enjoyed being the other side of the mic for a change. Sorry, been, I've been waiting for the opportunity to just go on and on, so <laughs> finally it came. <laughs> All right. As always, you can send your listener feedback to podcast at com and leave a review on iTunes. Your regular hosts definitely read and appreciate all the feedback. And as you've heard, season five is coming up, and I'm sure it's in the planning stages, which means this is a great time to send in any comments and suggestions you have. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this very special episode of the com podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the RayWenderlich.com podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes. See you next time.